Folgerpod. Folgerpod. A podcast from the Friends of Georgia Radio. After a long time on the air here in Atlanta, her old station is being wiped off the radio map. And she finds out about it from Rodney Ho at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And then Dave's about to get shot, and she finds out about that from her ex-general manager. That story's next. This is George Montiel. Find out more about us at friendsofgeorgiaradio.org. Click on Georgia Radio History for historic audio and pictures from great stations across our state. Then become a member to help us celebrate and support the future of radio and audio media here in Georgia. My guest is Mara Davis, who is uh, a really well-known Atlanta radio personality, but a lot more TV host, podcast producer, talent booker. Uh, she's been involved with some of the biggest names in the entertainment business recently and, and throughout her career. Uh, she's on the board with the Atlanta Grammy Award chapter. And... Um, I'm delighted to continue this conversation because Mara was a big part for a long time of Z93 and even more interesting uh, when Z93 flipped to Dave FM, she was on the staff. But it wasn't exactly a smooth transition, was it, Mara? It was not. It was it was really devastating, honestly, to, um, you know, obviously you know, find out about your job and your livelihood from a journalist, which, you know, as I've gotten older and been in the business longer, I realize that what happened to me is kind of common, you know, things will leak, you'll find out about it. And I was one of the leftover people. And, you know, my audition didn't go very smooth, but I still was there. And I just never felt like I really fit in. It was just, you know, it's tough. So, of course, Rodney Ho probably let more people in this business know, you know, something that <laughs> yeah. was uh, Rodney's always known anyway. Um, but real, real briefly, because we're it, this is the second um, session w- between you and I, you had talked a little bit. Uh, Dave had uh, Z93 had gone th- through some transition and you had been eventually doing the morning show. And then woke up one morning and and heard from Rodney that the PD had been fired and the format was changing. And at that time, you had not heard that from management. I had not. I had not. We sort of had been hearing rumblings about it. But you always hear that in radio. I mean, that's just sort of the, the that's always like your M.O., right? You're just like, oh, people get fired and things happen. Formats change. But yeah, it was, I mean, there was part of me that was happy that didn't have to, I didn't have to wake up for the morning show anymore because those morning hours, as anybody listening on radio knows, you know, that it'll take years off your life. And it was also tough because I never felt like the radio station was truly invested in our show. We were always just like a placeholder until the next thing came along. And that was always frustrating. You know, they never really believed in us, but, you know, I later learned that it was part of the bigger picture that they were looking to change the format and they ended up changing the format with, um, with Barnes, with Steve Barnes, who, who came in and was doing mornings with uh, Holly Furfer and uh, some other people from 99 X were hired. So yeah, it was a, it was a really, really odd transition. I, I, at first I did not feel like I fit in. I loved the music. I was excited about it, but I think a lot of the people there just wanted to kind of lump me in with, 
you're the old regime and we're, you know, the new, fresh, you know, innovative station. And, and um, yeah, so it was tough. It was David Mazeros, my first general manager who hired me along with you, who I had lunch with one day. And he said, when the radio station moves over to Colony Square, because we were still at Johnson Ferry at the time, and they were merging all the stations together. And he said, when you get over there and you're going to have the energy from all the other radio stations, it's going to feel a lot different for you. You won't be stuck with those same people and you will get through this. And I was pregnant at the time. I got pregnant. And so it was just like all these things like it was dark, you know, and then my dad died at that time. It was just like it was it was it was just like all these things. But in, in a weird way, like my dad dying at the time when things at Dave FM were so rough the silver lining was nothing was worse than that. So all the people that were shitty to me there who I outlasted every single one of them <laughs> to the very end, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it just, it, you know, you, you realize sometimes there's, there's, there's things that are a lot bigger than radio. You know, it, it really kept me grounded in that way. But then after, after that, after some of the initial people were hired at Dave FM, um, it ended up being awesome. I mean, it was a great experience. I, I loved it. And they had a lot of program directors, too, just like C93. And you had mentioned that the, uh, I mean, think back, you were with one of the, the last radio stations that was pretty much standalone, even though it was co-owned with other stations in town, until you moved to the downtown studios, Dave FM, I mean, Z93 was in its own little building. There were no other radio stations with you. So did you feel that energy when you got into the uh, Colony Square was where you guys were, right? I did. I really did. Now, the standalone Z93 really was awesome. It was, I mean, you know, to think about it now, like radio stations are like one room. You know, back then we had the entire half a floor, uh, giant offices, big sales pit, three big studios. Uh, you know, there was, it was, it was very big. Nice view big at the control room. Yeah. Great view. I mean, it was a big operation. Z93 was, I mean, I remember like the general manager's office was, was huge. Uh, it was awesome at colony square. The only part that wasn't awesome was you had to pay 90 bucks a month to park, you know, <laughs> cause that parking garage is, is a disaster, but it was amazing. I made some really close friends through that. As a matter of fact, L. Duncan, who you see on ESPN, she and I are working together now. I do PR for her. Um, and that was a relationship that I formed in those early days. And it was true. A lot of those people that were great to me, I didn't have to, I was like, you know, David Mazeros was so right. It was just like, all of a sudden I had this new energy around me. Um, and, and it was weird because the Dave FM management was on the ninth floor and the studios were on the eighth floor. So I wasn't around the management as much early on. I was only around V103 people. So it, it just, and that's, and that, those were fun times too, because it was like V103 at the time was like, you know, literally like it, whoever's like the hottest person in, in black hip hop or black music or black culture it was like you, you walked in, it's like, oh, there's John Legend. Oh, there's Queen Latifah. Oh, there's Common. I mean, it was just an endless stream of people coming through. 
And that was another thing I used to get in trouble all the time because like, like I put John Legend on the air because I was like, because I knew who he was. And they were like, your audience doesn't know who John Legend is. And I was like, they will. But, you know, there you go. But uh, so, yeah, the, the Dave FM, but Dave FM, Dennis had a little more of an open mind because we played more variety in music in the genre where it was like, you know, it was kind of like, you know, everything, you know, named after Dave Matthews. But I mean, it was just such a stupid name for a radio station. That was at the time where everybody was naming their radio stations, Jack and Bob. And, you know, it just made no sense. But, you know, people used to say it was named for Dave Matthews because we played so much Dave Matthews. Where did the name come from? Uh, You know, I think that was really it. I think the program director at the time worked at a station in in in, uh, Portland. And I think, you know, those stations were happening. And I think it was inspired by the Dave Matthews Band. Interesting. I'd never heard that. Well, and and at Z93, you were playing classic rock and probably on on maybe the lower end of the demo age-wise when you started there because you started there at 19 and now you're playing adult alternative or whatever you want to call dave and it's it's really more your music right it was it was but i did there was a lot of the music i did not know because i was you know i had been in this classic rock world where i was playing you know you know Jethro Tull, Thick as a Brick, CCR, Fleetwood Mac, like, and Z93, you know, back in those days was super like Southern rock. There was Molly Hatchet, you know, Marshall Tucker Band, Skinnerd. It, you know, it was, you know, leading where like I had come from Rochester where we were playing like Rush and Rainbow and Triumph. And then I got to Z93 and it was, you know, all the Southern rock bands but there was there was a lot of the music that I wasn't super familiar with but I learned I mean you learn it quick and you learn it and you know it and you love it we broke a lot of artists at Dave FM I mean we played like Death Cab for Cutie and Head in the Heart and I mean there's a lot of these bands that uh, you know fits in the tantrums there were so many of these bands now that are that are just everybody knows them and we had uh, all kinds of like this this thing called circle of friends which was like a you know a sound check experience i always thought that was a really stupid name for a thing it's it's so freeing being out of it because i can say all these things now i don't give a shit yeah yeah exactly uh but yeah but but i mean some of those some of those things were truly exciting and 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 and, and innovative um for dave dave did a great job of of breaking music and embracing artists and you know they had that acoustic sunrise on Sundays which was such a good show uh you know it was like you know a satellite radio like coffee house channel you know it was so 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 good and that was locally produced that was a Dave show right acoustic sunrise yeah yeah yeah. and you know and that's and that's the thing so Dave did a lot of things really really well Um, but they couldn't figure out a morning show either how about that I mean, we went through so many morning shows that, that just never worked. Who all went through there? Well, there was Barnes and Fur Fur, and then there was uh, the Zach and Jane, and then there was Jimmy Barron, and then there was, there may have been another one in there, but it was just like, it. and then they may have done, I think like Steve Craig may have done it. He's now at the River. 
uh, there were just a lot, they could never, I think Jimmy Barron was maybe the last one. Um, but, and I love Jimmy. I yeah. love Jimmy to death. Well, and yeah. he had a great career with, with Leslie at, and an yep. ex. So it's, yep. uh, you know, it's, uh, these are, you're not naming names of, of Atlanta personalities that weren't well known and weren't good. I mean, it just. Yeah, the Zach and Jane was a weird one. He yeah. was like some guy out of Chicago and, and it, it just, and, and he was a nice guy. They were nice, but it was just a very odd fit. And it, it just wasn't a good show. It's like, why didn't work? You know, it's like, sometimes these questions are not hard to answer. Why didn't it work? Because it wasn't good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty, pretty basic. Yeah. Pretty yeah. basic. Yeah. So, well, so you're involved with some some pretty interesting music and you've got a pretty good staff and and Dave had a good long run from 2004 to 2012 but again it it finally you know didn't quite catch the attention that it needed to to be called super successful so you you eventually have a format flip happening and you guys, um, I'm sure, again, it was a, it was kind of a surprise. All of a sudden, you're told that there's going to be a change. But I think, as I remember, that you guys all got to do a final show, at least. When It was brutal. Yeah. It really was. I don't like the way it ended because it, for several reasons. One, um, again, uh, I had heard the rumors. I actually think I know I've... Gosh, I keep bringing up David Mazeros, but I think it was David who he did. He tipped me off like a couple of months before he had called me and was like, listen, I'm hearing some of these things because there were salespeople out on the street selling the new sports format. Yep. Really? And he had somehow gotten wind of it and called me. He was over and at SB was, by that time, right? right? And I went to Norm about it, and he, again, was like, you're crazy. You're crazy, little lady. You don't know what you're talking about. And I kept saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, um, and I believe, uh, I think Rodney Ho may have called me about that, too. Rodney, I, again. He's, yep. he's, well, um, and Norm, and, Norm, we should identify as your, your agent, Norm Shrud, who for years ran uh, Kicks and was a Kick, big player right. with ABC in, right. in corporately. And he represented, yeah, and he was, you know, kind of, you know, in his, you know, retirement, his hobby was being, uh, a, you know, a manager for r different radio personalities. And, you know, he did great things for me. We had a great relationship. He was a smart man. But, yeah, uh, so when that format change happened, it was really weird because we knew it happened and we still had a month left till they were flipping it. And the new program director was there and all the new people were in the offices and we were like still doing our job for a month. 
So, I mean, the the fun part of it was is that I didn't give a shit. I knew I was getting fired anyway. So I was having everybody. I was doing all these long interviews. I'd, I'd called every publicist I know. I'm like, I'll put anyone on the air. I don't care. <laughs> um, and then our very last day, our second to last day, they had under contract. They were doing the Children's Health Care of Atlanta uh, radiothon, and we had to do it. And every single call that we got, people were like, I want to give money to the hospital, but why is the radio station ending? It was, I had a panic attack leading up to it. I mean, you know, I, I put it in perspective because compared to what the kids at the actual hospital were going through wasn't a blip of what we were feeling, but it was pretty dark. And then that last day we were on the air and it was tough. Um, and people remember it and that's great, but I don't know. There's a part of me that, that maybe just wish it went away. I, 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 I didn't care for that whole month long going to work, uh, going to your, your career funeral every day for a month. That really sucked. It did. Well, that's, that's gotta be a lot of, a lot of pressure. I, I can't imagine that. I mean, I can't imagine that that happens often and, it it wasn't done maliciously by management, but boy, it must have been hard on you guys. Yeah, I mean, I look back at it now, you know, I have so much, you know, it's 10 years removed. It's literally like the 10 year anniversary coming up in September. And, I, you know, I have a lot of clarity and a lot of peace with it. And I and I don't take it personally. As a matter of fact, like I can even like look at it now and say they probably did the right thing. Uh, by changing it to sports based on what the media landscape is, it's a more viable format for the company. And it totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I also recognize that business is business and, you know, they're not there for your feelings. They're there for that spreadsheet and the bottom line. And, and, you know, so I, I get that too, but, but I also, you know, I, it also felt like shit. So, you know, there's that. Well, and you you got out of it, and since that time, you've had some pretty interesting career paths. I, I was was Atlanta Eats fairly soon after Dave ended, or when when did you get into working with that group? So that that happened. Um, everybody had said when Dave FM was over that my phone was going to be ringing off the hook, and that everybody was going to want to hire Mara Davis because I had such a successful run for 17 years on 92.9 and it was just like wow everybody's going to be banging down your door and it was the opposite it was awful Dennis it was so bad it was just like you know every it was one interview after the next so it was like the good news bad news about having a big agent Norm Shrutt was people didn't want to talk to me because they thought I was making too much money and so that was the rub and you know I look back on that now and I'm just like yeah because I was bringing in the business and so like like think of like what a ridiculous thing that is to say and then I was told you know there was a morning show opening and it was we can't have a female lead it was just like and I wasn't really being embraced that much by Norm in that it was just like he wanted to just sort of stick me in another midday position, you know, doing the same thing. And so I had a lot of botched interviews, but then I got two calls. I got a call from Steak at Atlanta Eats and they were just starting up and they were looking to, uh, you know, have a female host. And I had done some TV before and I got a call from WABE and 90.1 the NPR station. 
and they they had seen in their uh, market research that Dave FM and WABE had the same listener life groups, and that it would make sense to to, to capitalize on some of that audience. So I had met with Steak and. We did some Atlanta Eats and I did some, you know, I started with them. I did some auditions and then WABE, we developed Mara's Music Mix, which went on for about seven years on WABE. So, but, you know, it's, it's so funny how that goes because, you know, nobody, they were like, you're too expensive. And like, I, I ended up going to work for a startup, right? And then WABE, where I got paid $175 a segment. So it wasn't exactly like I was making and I worked harder on Mara's music mix than any than almost anything I've ever done in radio because the standards at NPR are so, so high. And um, I took a lot of pride in, in that. And I love that opportunity. And same with Atlanta Eats, too. It cost me money. I had to do my own hair and makeup and wardrobe and all that stuff. But doing those jobs opened so many doors for uh, how the, my career just keeps pivoting. And with Mara's Music Mix, you eventually ended up getting to work with Steve Goss, who yeah. is one of my favorite people in Atlanta radio. He's the best. He's the best. So yeah. I auditioned with Lois Reitzis, oh, who yeah. I also love. Yep. And I auditioned with Steve, and Steve and I had great chemistry. And, you know, Steve and I would just like literally, like, we still go out to lunch every now and then. I just saw him a couple months ago. Um, you know, we love to reminisce about the old radio days. I love hearing about his stories at Peach and WGST. And he's just, he's such a great, great guy. We we had so much fun. I I, I still miss doing that segment terribly. Um, I, you know, WAB, I, you know, there, I, I, I still have great love for that station. I would love to go work there again. Um, so I, my, my fire still burns for you, WABE. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny uh, talking about reminiscing. Um, you know, on the, the Friends of Georgia Radio website, we're trying to build history sections on all the stations, and that's why I keep bugging you to dig up those photos and things yeah, that you have. I know. I know. I know you will. Um, <laughs> but so Goss... Uh, we wrote, we, we generally are grabbing things from Wikipedia and cutting and pasting and then editing where we can, but we're starting on the website with those. And I sent the Wikipedia entry for Peach to Goss, and he looked it over and he said, no, 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 no. And we had maybe three paragraphs or four paragraphs about Peach and its history. And so Goss comes back with a three-page essay, which is on the website now, the entire history of WPCH from almost the beginning. I mean, he was there through so many of the transitions. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got so – He's and I'm sure it was hand – was it handwritten? He used to handwrite all his <laughs> no. Well, he didn't. He, I didn't get a handwritten version. He probably handwrote it and then and then converted it. But okay. but it, it's it's it, that incredible passion for the history of radio and and the medium, especially here in in Atlanta and, and in Georgia, and and Steve has that, um, and it was incredible that he took care to do that and spend the time he did building that. And we're kind of hoping that a lot of people who are involved in these stations and, and have history will help us because that's well, really what the website's about. Well, I mean, so he was just a great, great person to work with. We had a great time. And, you know, with each year of being away from radio full time, it's given me much 
deeper perspective. It's, it's, I feel now being removed, like all like bitter feelings because all radio people are bitter Dennis. Like everybody has like a bitter Betty side to them because it's a tough business, you know, you know, and even then just so competitive, so grueling, but also great. Um, I, I, I'm so thankful to working in radio all those years because it really taught me how to do everything I am doing now. It taught me how to like not take no for an answer, uh, try to book any guests, you know, like it's just, it's, I learned it all from being in radio. I learned how to podcast. So it's all that. And in booking, you've really had a chance to reach out and uh, work with some pretty incredible uh, individuals, Sting, Billie Eilish, uh, yeah. you know, Page the Elephant. Talk about some of that experience, and uh, I'm dying to know who has been the most fun person that you that you booked and then ended up having, you know, having having a relationship with as as the booker. Well, I would have to say Billie Eilish was a highlight because I had to convince my boss to have her on. That was at Adult Swim. That was, uh, you know, she, he didn't know who she was. And I said, ask your daughter because a teenager tipped me off to her. And that was in 2017. So it was pretty early on with her. I mean, she was just great. It was just like you knew this kid really had something. So that was so exciting. The other highlight I would say in my booking was I booked Shirley Manson from Garbage, her podcast, The Jump. And I really got to know her. And I think it was because we were in the pandemic. And so I was communicating with her a lot, which was wild because I was such a garbage fan. And here it's like your rock star is like you're waking up to emails from Shirley Manson every morning, you know. But uh, she was um, a, an incredible person to work with. So it was just being able to work with her and book the talent for her and, you know, getting Patty Smith, who was her hero, who was her ultimate goal to get Patty Smith. And the, and the person who helped me get Patty Smith, it all comes back to radio, was Leslie Fram. No kidding. Yeah, because somebody I had coffee with, I saw, follow Patty Smith on Instagram and she's in the record business. And I was like, do you have any connections to Patty Smith? And she's like, I don't, but Leslie does. Leslie was just talking about her. You should call Leslie. And Leslie teed up the whole thing for me. Like I sent her a gift, like it, it really, um, you know, Leslie is the person that still inspires me uh, in this career. She's, she's had a phenomenal career and is yep. still doing great things. Just incredible yep. things. So yesterday when we started this, you, you gave me three headlines and we never got to the third one. And before we run out of time, I got to ask you, you got knocked off the air in Rochester. We're back to radio for a second away from the, <laughs> but I, yeah, I got to so, know. I mean, we're, we're radio people here. What, what so in the heck happened? It, it was Rocket 95, Howard Stern all day, classic, oh wait, no, it's Howard Stern all morning, classic rock all day, Rocket 95. And uh, the station was such a piece of shit. It was like a like a low like like the the big station was the one with Brother Wheeze. I forget the call letters, but that like that was like the iconic station. And we were like the poor man's like piece of shit. So it was a terrible signal. And the station would go off the air all the time when squirrels would get electrocuted in the tower. 
<laughs> and this was a regular thing. And it happened when I was on at night. It happened more often at night. And it, when it first started happening, I really freaked out because, you know, you know you're on the radio and there's one person in charge of the whole radio station. And it's not like we have phones and all these other things. Like you go off the air, people are like, what is going on? Advertisers, this is, everything's riding on you. And this is my first like real radio job. And I like panicked. Like my general manager at the time, Steve Chartrand was like, if I were there, I would slap you, get it together. You know, like, like it was one of those, like, ah! you know, you needed like a slap to just get, you know, so, and then once I knew what it was moving forward, uh, I was able to get through these <laughs> situation, but yeah. Um, yeah. That was when you had to do like your meter readings, you know, every and, 30 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, you've had some experiences and, and, and real quick, you're doing some podcasts now too. Where can we find those? So I do a podcast with Senator Jen Jordan. She's running for attorney general. It's called Vote Her. Uh, we are on a little, well, I'm still putting them out, but um, because she's running for, for attorney general and at the time we're recording this, she has to take a hiatus because of the primary that's coming up because she's so busy. But I hope we will continue um, even when she becomes attorney general. And if she gets too busy to because she's attorney general, that's a great problem to have. And um, I will find somebody to fill in with her for her because it's been such an incredible experience to be able to do that, talk politics and, you know, do it on my own terms. And podcasting is is kind of something that we all talk about. If you're in broadcasting today, you got to know how to do podcasts. Um, and and that it's audio entertainment, just what we did on the air. It's yeah, just in a different format. Yeah. So, so if you need a if you need a recommendation, hit me up. Mara Davis, it has been a great joy to spend time with you, and I appreciate uh, everything that you've done for Atlanta Radio, and I know that you're going to help us with the Friends of Georgia Radio and cough up some great memorabilia for us for the website, too. I'll do that. I, you, can, you have my word. I will find you that Dave Chappelle picture. That I have a, on my laptop, I'm pretty sure. I have that pretty quickly, but I'll get that to you. you but this has been a true joy, and I can't say it enough. I, I'm here things worked out because of you. You heard my tape and you believed in me. So I'll always be grateful to I, you for that. I knew you were good. I knew you were good. Thanks, Mary. I'm Dennis Winslow, and all of us here are friends of Georgia Radio. Fogger Pond.